and welcome to our Changemaker podcast. There are many people in and across the university who are doing excellent work and acting as catalysts for change. In our Changemaker podcast series, we shine the light on some of our staff and partners and discover the remarkable projects that are shaping society. My name's Tracy John and I'm the Director of Research, Business and Innovation at UWE. I'm also proudly the Project Director of the award-winning Green Skills for Jobs and Entrepreneurship programme. And that's what we're going to hear about today. We're going to meet Xavier Baker, who's the mentor and cohort manager for this award-winning programme. Green Skills is a unique and transformational programme that provides access to jobs, training and business opportunities to black, Asian and minoritised young people and recent graduates living in the region. UWE Bristol, in partnership with the Black South West Network and NatWest Bank, delivered the pilot for the Green Skills programme in 2022. Today, Xavier is going to talk to Ashiva, who is one of our learners from the programme. We're going to hear about her experiences and listen to Xavier talk through the journey that he and the team went on over the course of the last year. I'm Xavier Baker. I am uh, one of the mentor and cohort managers on the Green Skills for Jobs and Entrepreneurship programme. I joined the team as the team formed and we kind of hit the ground running and, and moved very quickly. Been working in the university for about three years as an assistant support lecturer in the law department. And I really enjoyed that. I got a lot out of that role, got the chance to, to meet lots of amazing students. I uh, got a teaching qualification. Yeah, I had a great time, but I realised that only part of my role was like looking at racial justice, looking at addressing awarding gap issues within the university. You know, they're quite significant gaps between uh, particularly black students and white students and their graduate outcomes and the opportunity to join a team and a programme which was all about uh, racial justice. Um, climate justice was too good an opportunity to turn down. So that's how I joined the Green Skills programme. Blessings. My name is Shiva. I am a participant of cohort six of the Green Skills program. A little bit about me, I guess my friends would call me Love Light. It's kind of like my nickname on the streets. I secretly love people. I love water. I love juice and I love nature. Um, and those things I think have led my career path of learning and sharing and creating. Um, I'm really interested in teaching and learning new skills, whether that be crafts or building. Um, and I also really, really enjoy water, the significance of it in nature, the role it plays in the abundance of life and the interconnectivity of water and the growth and the potential that it gives us as people. So Green Skills for Jobs and Entrepreneurship is a programme for young people um, living in the West of England region designed to help them to access the sustainability sector, be that through a career or employment in the sector or access to further training or opportunities to start or further develop their existing business idea with a green focus. The programme's delivered in two stages. So the first stage is eight days of training that the young people have access to and it's kind of full days it's quite unique we were able to pay learners to participate. A key reason for that is because we feel that, or we're acknowledging that time is precious, especially in this climate. We're trying our hardest to strip away any barriers to access a programme like this. 
So with equity in mind, made sure that learners are paid for their, for their time to participate. So yeah, learners access stage one, which is eight days of training. They get introduced to a vast variety of industry speakers, community leaders, and take part in, in lots of interesting, exciting workshops. Each day is centred around a different theme. So at one day, for example, is on food, living in a circular economy. They get an opportunity to meet people who've started their own sustainable fashion brands. They get the opportunity to spend that time outside in the community garden at UE with the hip-hop gardeners, um, Ian and Moya from the May Project Gardens. There's lots of opportunities to kind of explore the sustainability sector close to home and also thinking about kind of bigger and industry and how business kind of also wraps into that. Once the learners have accessed stage one, my role as a mentor and cohort manager is to support them to access stage two, which is where those opportunities to access a paid research internship with an academic here at UWE or further training or a business incubation open up. And those internships have led on to permanent employment, which is really positive kind of outcome of the programme. Over the eight weeks, there was a kind of impact, so to speak, of kind of living your vision now. So I found that each week when we got to experience something new, I was kind of blown away always. I was particularly interested and found myself fascinated by the Passive House and Renewable Energy Day. Um, so that in particular, we came here to UWE and we experienced them building one of the largest passive house designs for student accommodation, which I was kind of like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> and then afterwards, we went to Easton Community Centre and we were kind of learning about Bristol's energy circle and kind of what can we do within our communities to kind of make changes that can go on intergenerationally, that we can be a part of small change here. And actually that can be drawn out and be extended into wider communities and locally global communities too. Mm. So that was a really fun day to get to experience something that Bristol is doing that's European led and kind of state of the art and then go into the heart of a community where they're really trying their best to create sustainable um, closed loops within their renewable energy development. Just to add to that, so that session was led by the Bristol Energy Network and a big takeaway for me, as a fortunate I've always had the chance to work on the programme and be a learner and learn from all these amazing people, but when you bring people together to think about a particular topic, the nature of a human is that they're actually going to also sprint, that's going to be a springboard for other types of conversations. So if you bring people together to talk about energy and they're all neighbours and eventually there might be a chance they think about, okay, well, what else is problematic in our local community what else can we come together and think about doing that's positive can we create a a new street party or could we think about all our children's experience at school together and is that a positive thing and, and it snowballs and and so yeah the opportunity for learners to come together from different backgrounds is also part of the design of the curriculum of the program is people getting to come together and talk about social issues talk about racial justice issues um, and climate issues but that is just a starting place it, it always expands and moves beyond that yeah so before green scales as i said i kind of love people so i've worked kind of in hospitality since i was around first firstly i think i was 15 working at carter steam fair in western supermare <laughs> um working in like a burger van and a pirate kind of ship uh that was really fun and exciting and then i went on to work at 
British home stores in their kind of food court. And then I realized on my break times, I was always downstairs in the fashion department, kind of organizing the clothes and <laughs> talking to people. And that's when I realized, okay, I'm technically at work and technically on my break, but I love fashion. And I really love the idea of pairing things together and how kind of identity, um, image, aesthetics can come together to kind of reflect who we are as individuals. And so I think from an early age, around 16, 17, fashion and food have always been something I really wanted to work in and spend my time being paid to do. Okay. So, Shiva, you've, you've worked in like lots of different educational spaces as well, mm -hmm. secondary schools, you currently work with kind of preschool children, you've also worked in people referral units. How does the learning environment in that workshop setting um, with green skills compare or stack up in comparison to mainstream and alternative learning provision has to offer to young people? That's a really good question and after working kind of in secondary schools and kind of seeing young learners from ages of like 14 upwards and seeing how like a focus and an understanding of learning when it's kind of delivered in a structured way. So you kind of know what to expect, you know what your limits are, how far they can be pushed, you know how you're gonna be awarded, you kind of know the structure of your day and you kind of know what you're working towards. That structure and that familiarity I found came straight from green skills, you know, all the way from the beginning. Before we even signed up to the course, we were offered like introduction sessions where we could actually know what was coming up in the course. We were offered opportunities to head to the website and be able to see what other cohorts had gone up to. There were like stunning YouTube videos that kind of expressed the diversity and the kind of encapsulation of all different types of people from all different walks of life. And you kind of could imagine yourself on this green skills adventure. And that came all the way to like day one when we were given literally pamphlets with our names on it and we were given a step-by-step -step of what to expect each week and even when things would change to kind of expect that flexibility and be adaptable to that change as well and we were given really clear guidelines and clear instructions of how we could participate even how we could get there in alternative modes of transport how we that transport would be covered and how we could be reimbursed for that as well and those kind of guidelines were really really clear so from like a curriculum kind of structure perspective I think green skills excels and matches up to an institutionalized training in terms of you know what you're going in for, you have great support networks around you, and you're actually given goals that you can aim towards and drive them with your own will and your own imagination, which I think that's the fun and the beauty of learning. And I think with alternative education providers, such as like people referral units, they tailor their learning environment to the individual needs of each learner. You know, they're really looking at learning styles. They're really looking at capacity to engage. They're really looking at your, no, your, your home life and your socioeconomic background as well and taking that into consideration when delivering your learning materials. And I think green skills gave a safe space for brown and black people, for example, to engage in a whole new way of learning and exploring their identity, along with learning new skills and considering, okay, what training do I need? What opportunities am I looking for? Where do I go to find that? And so I think Green Skills really did consider us as individuals, what we really needed and how we could grow. And throughout the whole process, I was so grateful to have people like Xavier and people like Ellis who were really supportive and 
um, willing to just kind of be with us in those little steps when no one else was looking, um, but then to really come together and deliver a great course with other facilitators, managers and leaders that we could be proud to work with. Um, so I think in terms of, in comparison to kind of institutionalized formal learning and more alternative ways of developing your skills, I think green skills strikes a great balance to being adaptable to knowing that, okay, we're more mature learners, for example, so you don't need to baby us, but actually at the same time, we need structure and we really need to know what to expect as well so we can manage our own real world around it. When we designed the programme, we were really conscious that we we could have designed something quite different. We could have chosen other groups to focus on. We could have restricted access to the programme. And instead, we decided, actually, how amazing would it be to have people who've done masters here at UE or had undergraduate degrees or in the process of being a student in the same learning environment as young people who might have left school with barely any GCSEs they still have a wealth of knowledge and expertise and lived experience that is really valuable and that can teach lots of lessons of other people. So what's kind of underpinning the programme is are definitely kind of constructivist values, thinking about everyone having something to learn from everyone else. And that helped us in delivering the programme. Kind of we really value transparency and explaining to the learners, this is what we're doing, this is why we're doing it. If things are going wrong, we're kind of honest and open about that. When we designed the programme, we... We hit the ground running and had to recruit and onboard learners for the first four cohorts within about a month of the programme team existing and start from scratch. And we had this kind of analogy that we were building the plane at the same time as flying the plane. And we were really transparent about that. And learners gave us a lot of patience and we were able to then transfer that with additional support and opportunities because there was this transparency and there was, okay, we've got loads to learn from you because you're participating, there's things we think we know, can we test that? And so checking in and having constant evaluation was also really important to us. Yeah, I definitely agree that. And and I would put it as a point of, of excellence, you know, that kind of differentiates these kind of standard ways of learning is that green skills allowed us to not only learn from those who are providing the program to us but to actually really learn from each other daily it was so fun to be able to explore the same topic from someone with a wealth of experience in a particular industry from even a research perspective to someone who's had that lived experience to someone who's just imagined it or kind of seen it in social media or in other media contexts and all of those opinions came together to form a really yeah like informative and beautiful understanding of the things we were learning as well and for me that's such like circular knowledge mm. so to speak and I think sitting alongside that is is my role as a mentor to all the young people is to kind of support that learning to land if it's if, if someone has struggled or it's something a bit overwhelming or there's language that's being used the sustainability field is a bit of a minefield in terms of kind of new terms that and that's kind of rapidly evolving so it's important to then give those learners the one-to-one support where we can really process and unpack and think okay well you walked into the program thinking that you were going to go in this direction actually what I'm hearing you say is you you, you really enjoy you like Kashiva was really surprised to have like the passive house session and I re- particularly remember you kind of having really detailed questions from the architect that designed the building about yeah but what about insulation and this 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 and that was a kind of a surprise I think for you that you had that level of interest but mm-hmm. then to then have an opportunity to think about 
whether that's something you want to go into or and there's opportunities there or is it something different and I think sometimes in kind of mainstream provision where there's constant cuts especially in school systems lots of educators would love to be able to spend that time breaking things down with individuals and it's just not feasible it's not possible at the moment whereas for us it was kind of like okay how do we do something that's different and and support young people in a more structured targeted tailored way i'd say that honestly green skills has been an inspirational seed for change from the beginning i felt as though being offered an opportunity to see so many different sectors um, and so many different ways of applying sustainability and green skills to be an opportunity I just couldn't have found elsewhere. I'm someone that loves to learn in multiple different ways. And, you know, some people would say my way of working is slightly neurodiverse in terms of I like to grab a little bit of everything and do it all at the same time. But green skills gave me that opportunity to do that in such a beautiful step-by-step, stage-based, action-focused way. And I couldn't have experienced that anywhere else, I don't think, not in Bristol, not in this way, and not in this time where sustainability, energy, and the green sector is so pivotal and important to our development as people internationally. why a programme like Green Skills exists. Evidence shows us that young people from black and Asian backgrounds were some of the worst affected by the pandemic in terms of their, um, in terms of employment outcomes, in terms of uh, educational attainment. And also this is a crucial moment because the green sector is, is kind of the future in, in lots of ways and we need green skills and green jobs, everyone's job to have an element of sustainability laid into it at the very least. Historically, minoritised groups have been left behind at pivotal moments like this and we can't afford for that to happen again. So that's why this type of targeted intervention is happening at this moment. Where's Green Skills going in the future? Um, The future is really bright and it's really exciting. Um, We're currently in this kind of planning phase at the moment um, where we are, as a project team, which is an amazing team, by the way, because people brought in this amazing expertise around addressing structural racism, structural imbalances, and everyone pulls their weight in this way that's just perfectly, it's like the best tug-of-war team ever. But yeah, the future's bright. We kind of thinking about how we develop to have more impact and bigger impact in the future. Our main areas that we're trying to address are around having economic impact, civic impact, impact on the sector, so the sustainability sector is the second least diverse sector in in the UK in terms of of race, and also institutional impact. How can we use the programme as a vehicle to support our black and Asian students? We're thinking about how the programme could help to address awarding gap concerns. We're thinking about how we continue to support people out in the community and some of the most marginalised in the community. And we're keen to work with more organisations. So last year we we engaged just over 70 businesses, supported through facilitation and offering internships. And we're keen to work with more organisations that, like us, want to invest in the future of young people. I was fortunate enough to be able to engage with an internship with the Centre for Print Research here at the university. And if I'm honest, it was unimaginable. Um, I have never seen so many academics who 
not only are passionate about their research, but passionate about producing real results. Like who would have thought that a center for print research looks at graphene and fabric and textiles, looks at ceramics, you know, looks at lithography, photography, which is like one of the oldest ways of photographing things. And also, other things like looking at molding and crafting and how we can create change in large organizations and really, really small organizations too. I was fortunate enough to be able to work with the future of Textiles Conference and I was able to research all of the wonderful manufacturers, sponsors, suppliers, um, designers, creatives around the future of textiles, the future of fabrics, and kind of looking at these new and innovative ways that fashion is actually gonna be better, you know? No more these days of wasting everything and fast fashion, but really slowing it down and really thinking about the detailed design that goes in that, you know? What are our inputs? You know, ultimately, those outputs can create be recreated and be turned into something that we can love for generations to come. But the Center for Print Research really seems to be focused on creating a future that we can be proud of when it comes to printing things and seeing things and exploring new things, even gemstones, for example. I mean, when we talk about like rare minerals and digging them up, the Center for Print Research are literally printing their own gemstones. And it's like, how? Is that even possible? But yeah, my experience at the, with an internship with Center for Research was absolutely stunning. So change and green skills really interlink. I think from a mindset perspective, I remember one session we particularly had with Lewis Wedlock and he was talking about the psychology of growth. You know, and he was talking about mindset and resilience, whether those are fixed perspectives or those are perspectives that, you know, we're willing to be adaptable to and we're willing to change. And he mentioned something really beautiful that I will take with me for a long time in the ABCD model. This model talks about adversity, looking at these thought patterns that we have and how they may sometimes be unfavorable. And then we kind of look at our beliefs you know, and what do those things really mean to us and the consequences that come with that change as well, you know, and being able to challenge them with the D of like disputation, like confidently being able to say, okay, I don't agree. And actually I pose this challenge and I'm going to go against it. And that kind of energization that comes to have this passion for action and this passion to do something different. And I think sometimes when we're talking about change, we forget that it's not always something that's going to be easy. You know, there are going to be challenges that do come with that. And when we're thinking about change in a big scale and what we can do physically, it really does start with our psychology, how we're really approaching it from a mindset perspective. And Green Skills gave us that opportunity. It gave us that opportunity to see things in real life, have tangible experiences and memories that we can say we shared together, we grew together, and step by step gave us chance to think and reflect on that. You know, and reflection was really important to us in Green Skills. And each session we were given like a piece of paper and it was a kind of something dot, dot, dot today. So something new that I learned today, something I found tricky or challenging today, someone who I was inspired by or something that I really want to know more about. 
and things that I could explore in one-on-one coaching and mentoring sessions. So they really encouraged us to, to think and to reflect and take each day piece by piece and have a whole six more days just to digest that. And those are fundamental things for growth. It's taking those seeds for change and really allowing us to pace ourselves and allowing us to adapt to the speed and the rate of change that consistently matters towards action. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and I think hearing you talk about change and, and reflection specifically, I think they, they're kind of so intrinsic to one another. I've seen them as themes almost, uh, central to kind of our progress with the programme. Things weren't perfect all the time, and we, we, we've had a lot of kind of acclaim because things have gone well, and, and we've won an award, and we've had media interest and things like that, but that's as a result of reflecting on a constant basis or, or taking moments to really pause and think, are we doing the right thing here? Um, and being open to feedback from learners, but also what's really important to mention is that we've delivered this programme in partnership with the Black Southwest Network, who are a really strong, proud, anti-racist um, social justice, racial justice organisation based in the heart of, of St Paul's and working with them for me personally has been so insightful. I think in the academic world as an institution you can think there's ways that the things should just be because they are and that's how they've been for a long time in the academy and then kind of having that exposure to completely different perspectives and then really thinking I've always encouraged people to think critically and then I got a reminder I need to do that more myself. So the Black Southwest Network they deliver on the program. They deliver their own individual cohort about um, which focus more on enterprise, and then we work closely with them for Ashiva's cohort six, uh, and we co-delivered and co-designed that more effectively, I would say. And that's also where things changed in terms of the space and places that we expose learners to. Um, so a lot of the original cohorts were delivered here at UE. We kind of had a change of thought and thought, actually, how can we support learners and young people to access parts of Bristol that they probably walk past on a regular basis that they've never been inside of? We based four days of the programme at the Coach House in St Paul's in BSWN's brand new incubation space. We went to the Eastern Community Centre, used the university's enterprise zone here, a future space community catch-up session at the Arnold Feeney. We went to the pervasive media studios, which I live close to and I never knew existed. It was like a TARDIS. Um, community garden here at UE. The uh, celebration event was happening at the station. So just exposing young people and, and our partners to, to what's happening in this city and kind of recognising what's already there. I think sometimes we think we need to kind of come up with whole brand new ideas. And actually there's so much happening around us. It's just about tapping in to those existing ecosystems and bringing people into conversations who've been historically excluded as well. I was fortunate enough to be able to also participate in the business incubation with the Future Space here at UE. Uh, Future Space is an area of the university, I think, with big kids with big visions get to dream in a lab setting. You know, there's so much support offered. And I think my dream started in the Hawkins room when we visited with the Green Skills program, where we sat and we learned about business innovation 
And I think sometimes when you're thinking about a business idea, you can always think, okay, how can I help the people? I know that's what I usually think. And sometimes when we're thinking about people or my other interest, water, or the things that fascinate me, fashion, I think, okay, how can we connect all those things together and make a real difference to innovation and the business sector and the enterprise sector? And so I was led to really want to consider a business idea and really have a safe space to be able to explore that when it comes to the idea itself, what a team involves, all of the different elements of funding and um, stages to business development and business plans, canvas models, um, all the different types of entrepreneurs who are really going out of their way to make change happen. You know, how can we grow new fruits and vegetables in a way that's accessible to our local communities? How can we really explore fashion brands that are tailoring this ever-growing change and need for babies even you know looking at clothing industries that are sustainable rational and considering okay if my child consistently gets older how am i buying clothes that actually support our ecosystem and being able to support a person in bristol who's actually working towards those changes and i think inspiration definitely came from the black southwest network and derek who is the enterprise manager there and he led some sessions on enterprise on growth on innovation and how we can really think bigger think outside of our boxes and look at our city to be those spaces for the changes that we need and i think future space is exactly that you know, it, it's stunning too, I must admit. And I'm very honored to be able to be a part of the program and to continue to work with the leaders there um, and also get to meet things like the Bristol's innovation team, which I wouldn't have even knew existed if I wasn't here, you know? And so I'm very, very grateful to Green Skills for even providing an opportunity like that as well and to be able to allow me to tap into both an internship with Center for Print Research and also looking into a business idea that I feel like I've been brewing since I was a baby with Future Space. And funnily enough, they are in the buildings right next to each other. And sometimes when I talk about both buildings, people are like, what? We have that here at UE? And I'm like, yes, this really exists. And if I wasn't at Black Southwest Network at Coach House in the heart of St. Paul's, then I wouldn't have even known that existed either. So I'm so grateful that Green Skills focuses on partnerships and on bringing people together from different aspects of the city to be able to shine light on the brilliance that Bristol has to offer our young people. Yeah, it's really nice to hear. And... Um... You mentioned Derek, who yeah is the enterprise manager at the Black Southwest Network. He spent a, a whole morning talking about storytelling, and I think that's just one thing that's often kind of missed is to make change happen. You really need to tell a good story, and the best marketing campaigns they do that. So there's some educational settings that really prioritise that, and mainstream education maybe doesn't. It encourages people just that little group think happens. It so for learners to really explore what makes them unique and, and their identity was kind of special to them but also how to tell a story about a brand that they're thinking about developing those skills support employability and in interviews and, and short storytelling in, in written and, and oral forms is really important yeah Derek actually mentioned these components which I 
I had to kind of recall in this moment because he talks about, like, firstly, our market expertise, you know, and he talks about our business visions and he looks at active decision making and, and do those things drive sales and how can we drive growth with those things as well? And, and that's kind of what leads to innovation. He looked at these nine steps, you know, and kind of when looking at innovation, he talked about having this vision, you know, no matter what it is, sticking to it and allowing that vision and that sticking to it to drive your passion, you know, and being aware of this ideas of uncertainty and, and tolerance within an ever-changing market. And he talks about your personal self and your business self. And he, he looks at being self-confident, but also that willingness to be adaptable, you know? And, and when it comes to innovation, as an enterprise manager, I love that he talked about rule breaking, mm. but actually at the same time, having an ability to plan and keeping those plans involved, you know, and ensuring that as an entrepreneur, you can become self-motivated because ideally when we are looking at sales and we're looking at the volumes of sales, ultimately they're underpinned with our values, you know, and, and those goals that we want to achieve, they do have to be balanced with our capacity for acknowledging reality, mm. you know, and really looking at the options that are available to us. And ultimately it's the will of an entrepreneur or a business-minded person to kind of set those clear goals and keep delivering on those objectives. And that's ultimately what a great business idea or a company really, really needs. And I think Derek's session that he held was so informative to me that and allowed me to know that you can spread your capacity to do multiple things, like a flower, for example, um, but that it's centered around this beautiful nectar, which is your values, which is your passions, which is where you're coming from as an individual, as an entrepreneur. And you can use those things to really shine and create the beautiful bloom of a business that you can have and for it to reach its potential. Mm. Hearing you talk there about, about kind of so that next nectar, if you, you take a strategic approach, can be applied in lots of different areas and, and be cross-pollinated and things like that. And that same day, we heard from Bristol's mayor, Marvin Rees, who came to talk about strategy and policy and told stories around some of the big sustainability issues that are affecting not just the city, but the region, thinking about airport expansion, Bristol Arena, thinking about the Temple Quarter development, and really breaking down in quite granular detail with the learners um, and, and wanting to being curious to hear about their thoughts, but thinking about, okay, well, what would you do? And thinking about problem solving. Something you wouldn't know, Shiva, is that when Marvin walked in the room, Derek was finishing wrapping up his session, and, and Marvin walked in with his policy advisor, and he just said, wow. And he looked around, he said, I've never seen anything like this when I've been asked to come and speak about sustainability. And I think that's a shame, because... If we think historically, I think our ancestors, we, and we both have Jamaican heritage, would be kind of experts in agriculture and, and farming, and, and that's kind of been lost, but it can be regained through programmes like Green Skills, um, supporting young people to reconnect with their roots and just displace what we've already known and challenge and introduce new perspectives. Um, and to say thanks because he was really generous with his time. I saw his policy advisor being like, come on, we need to go to our next engagement. And he was kind of like, no, I'm going to sit and eat and break bread with these people, eat amazing West African food from Jaconi, which is downstairs at the, the coach house, supplied the food on those four days. It was just 
yeah, to bottle and capture that, you could sell that. That <laughs> atmosphere, that environment was just incredible to watch. If I could reflect on the programme, I would say that something or someone I was inspired by was um, Sado, the founder of Black Southwest Network. Um, I would say that she was incredibly inspiring because she showed me the magic of leading a business, leading multiple teams, and crossing these boundaries of interconnectivity and crossing generational gaps, crossing boundaries of business and policy makers, crossing boundaries of people who feel like outside of society with those people who have designed and built the society that we live in and somehow being a champion for change daily weekly and leads an organization that encourages people to want to be a part of it encourages businesses to restructure how they're approaching the people within the city how they're including the narratives of the history of our city today and i would say that yeah, there's the something and the someone that inspired me out of Green Skills was the leader of the Black Southwest Network. And she probably wouldn't like me calling her the leader, um, but she really is an inspirational woman that I think sits at the heart of something that was able to offer so many people an element of change in their life. And I know for me, it has been a real seed for change experience. And even after my internship with Center for Print Research, I gifted them seeds also because that opportunity and those moments really are going to blossom who I become in the future, personally and professionally. And I look forward to seeing those changes within myself and within the seeds for change that I hope to start. So for example, with green skills and this whole opportunity, I've decided I would really love to give back to my community too. And I'm currently looking at setting up um, potential charity or a community interest organization. And I'm not sure exactly what that's called yet or what it's going to be, but it will be birthed at the Black Southwest Network in the same incubator space that we held our first session with the Green Skills Program. And I'm really looking forward to that journey beginning. And I'm so grateful to everyone involved. But yeah, definitely inspired by Sado and the beautiful team that she's created and the opportunities that UE and their partnerships with NatWest and their funding from the West of England, Combined Authority, other types of funding bodies that took part for us to be able to receive our awards at the Creative Youth Network um, and have a change or a chance for change at it all. So yeah, very humbled um, and very grateful for the experience, but so inspired by the founder of the Black Southwest Network. It's really hard for me to um, describe a kind of, or take or my biggest takeaway, because there's just been so many amazing moments. I guess it's more of a feeling of being prideful about the amazing talent that is in the pipeline amongst the young people in this, this city, in this region. And to a certain extent, that surprised me. I think I could never have expected to have come and met and been fortunate enough to work so closely with so many brilliant young people. To give an example of, of just a surprise, um, on the last day of the programme for the Cohort 6, we had the morning session at the Soil Association and in the afternoon we, we had our kind of celebratory event where we had a panel of learners sharing their experience with the audience. We had a networking, facilitated networking session everyone receiving certificates and um, one of the learners was due to be on the panel at the event and approached me at the Soil Association and 
I just thought, oh, she's going to tell me she doesn't want to do the, the panel anymore. She's nervous. And she, she came and said, I'm really nervous. I said, I'm nervous too. She said, yeah, I said, it'll be fine. I'm going to ask you these type of questions. You'll be totally fine. Don't worry, don't worry. And she went to walk away and then she came back and said, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. She, I've written a poem about my green skill experience. And I said, wow, I just, that wouldn't cross my mind to do it. And she said, she said, I can read it to you. I said, no, no, don't read it to me. You're more than welcome to read it when you're on that have that platform and the poem is beautiful I, it nearly had me in tears on, on the stage you can hear that poem in our amazing um, program overview video which is on the Yuri YouTube channel it was directed and produced by another learner Kian Alman it's just a beautiful video it just captures the essence of green skills so perfectly and we're going to close out this podcast with the poem So I would just like to take a moment to really thank um, Mina, the office manager of Black Southwest Network, for all of her support in hosting us there for half of the programme. Um, I'd really like to thank Mo, our finance officer, for ensuring that we were paid and honoured and valued for our time and our contributions. And also Hannah, our project officer, she kind of did everything she could to ensure that we were all kind of well taken care of and we were all safe and also Jessica who led our project too she was really supportive and encouraging and the role of Angelica as our race and policy officer she really ensured that we all felt really empowered throughout our time and I don't think any of the opportunities that I particularly was involved in could have been possible without Leander um, she really looked at further training and business development and internships for us and showed me the beauty of partnerships and how actually offering opportunities to people can really make a difference in their lives today and tomorrow. And I particularly would like to thank Xavier and Ellis for just being unconditional support, even when I was on track and off of track. Um, so thank you. I don't think the programme could have been as fruitful um, without your support so thank you thank you thank you Shiva for just shining so brightly and, and inspiring all of us and uh, it would be a remiss for me to also thank all the, um, the 89 other learners that completed stage one of the program because you've taught us all so much we've learned so much from you you've inspired us and it's amazing this kind of ecosystem of a network of environmentalists of colour now would exist as a legacy from the Green Skills programme and it's so lovely kind of being on LinkedIn and, and other social media platforms and seeing learners who weren't even in the same cohorts as each other who managed to meet each other at our events or, or, or community catch-ups and they are doing things to give see photos and they're kind of connecting or congratulating each other on graduating or get, getting jobs and that's just my work here is done, which feels like, yeah, like, I'm going to stay on and, and continue and support more young people. But um, that's what it's all about. It's, 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 that's, that's the impact of, of genuine investment in young people and their futures. That's true. And I don't think, like, my cohort brothers and sisters, you know, it is so nice to be able to watch them graduate from their degrees and go on to different types of internships and seeing them all flourish too. And you guys have really given us friends and colleagues and peers and business for life. And so, yeah, thank you to them for being great and shining and showing up daily and just being vulnerable in the space for us all to be able to learn and grow together. And some of the interactions you know, couldn't have been possible unless we were all there. So like a really big thank you to everyone who took the time to apply um, and really 
was patient with the process to get to the first day and saw it all the way to the end. And so to them, I'm so grateful for being there and putting up with me, I think. (laughs) (laughs) And Green Skills is continuing. Um, You can, if you check out the description for this uh, podcast, you can find out more about how to be involved. Um, Whether you're a business, whether you're a young person who's interested in accessing the programme, we're here and ready to support. We're going to close out with the poem. I came into Green Skills not knowing what to expect. In the coach house on the first day, we learned about Carol Dweck. There are two types of mentality, she says, the growth and fixed mindset. But the way you view yourself can determine everything. If you believe your qualities are unchangeable, she says, you will forever be a net. But this is not always the case, we said, for our journey is never direct. Achieving your dreams is possible. The future is not written yet. We learned that in our community, there is opportunity for gardens, for energy that can work fruitfully. We learned that innovation can aid in adaptation to solving world issues from pollution to starvation. So big love to Green Skills for giving us the chance, for believing in us all and for helping us advance. Thank you.